Good to see you guys. Hello, good morning. How are you guys doing? I'm excited to be back in Idaho. I travel all over the place. And I wanted to open up with this flyer right here. It's, uh, should say the Whosoever's Philippines. So I was speaking at the, uh, well, first of all, my name is Ryan Reese. Um, I'm, a, I'm the co-founder of the Whosoever's Movement. A lot of you guys that listen to CSN Radio, uh, my father is Pastor Raul Reese out of uh, Los Angeles, and um, I teach down at his church once a month and on a Sunday morning, and then I live the Great Commission, traveling all over the globe doing evangelism. So I was I was recently down in Peru for the uh, pastor's conference. It was the missions conference for Calvary Chapel in Peru, in Trujillo, Peru, and I met a gentleman there that was a church plant from Calvary Chapel, Philly. And he went to Manila, Philippines. He's a Filipino. And he said, man, I love what you're doing. I would love for you to come out to the Philippines. But I only got like three people in my church. And we just planted a Bible college there with like five kids. And we don't really have the resources. We don't know. Uh, we don't even have ends of the schools. So he goes, I'm going to pray and see what God wants to do. So I went to Chile after that. Just continued down to South America. He went back to the Philippines. He ended up uh, calling me a couple weeks later and says, you wouldn't believe this. He's like, I went back to the Philippines. They were having a city meeting. And when we went there, the mayor said to all the people of the city, hey, if there's any pastors here, we would come talk to me after. We want you to go into our public school system and tell them about God. Because right now with everything that's going on in the world, these students are suicidal, they're depressed, they have anxiety, they're messed up. So we want you to come and talk to them about faith and God. So we uh, he ended up telling me, hey, the doors are open. You want to come? And I said, well, our philosophy in Calvary Chapel, we believe where God guides, God provides, right? So the best way to go about things. So I said, now let's pray to see if uh, if provision comes for us to get there. So I was teaching at my dad's church uh, a week after that. And I said, hey, the doors have opened. This is what's going on. If God lays on anyone's heart, um, I need uh, two flights, a hotel, and some uh, food money to get there and back. And we'll eat Doritos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And coffee, for sure, um, if we're going to do this. And about a month later, an anonymous uh, check came in, and it said, Ryan, go to the Philippines. And it basically provided for us t- for two flights and hotels to get there to the Philippines. So now, you can, that's awesome, you could clap for that. Um, so now, we are going on these dates here to the end of March, and we're basically doing three schools a day. Five days a week, plus we're doing evening events at the local skate park and local churches as well to encourage them and teach in the Bible school. So basically, we're going to be doing over 21 events in seven days. Uh, we're going to be in front of just the students alone. We'll be in front of over 15,000 uh, students, being able to talk to them about Jesus Christ. Lead them to the Lord, and then, because I don't know if you guys know my story, but um, in my testimony, when I gave my life to Christ 14 years ago, which was actually 14 years ago last week, um, I stole a Bible from a hotel room in Panama City after uh, nine days of uh, cocaine, Xanax, and alcohol overdose. Well, because that Bible was the Gideon Bible, I have connections to those guys, those good old boys, the Gideons. So I called them and I said, I'm going to the Philippines and I need Bibles. So they're sending in Gideons to all the, to all the schools with us to give out scriptures to all the kids that give their life to Christ. So it's just awesome how God works, you know, um, just being connected with the Gideons, God himself, the mayor, the schools. So next time I come back next month, I, they, they have the date up there when I'm coming back. I'm going to tell you about what God did in the Philippines. So it's always just exciting to um, just to live the Great Commission. You know, we come to get discipled here. We learn the Word of God, see how it applies to our life, and then we go out and live it. And ambitions is not in the Philippines or Africa. It's when you walk out that front door. Um, last time I was here with you guys speaking, my last message, I said, when you go out the front door, that's missions. It's it's everywhere. We are his ambassadors for Christ, and we live out the Great Commission wherever he he calls us. It's a, it's a day-to-day life. So with that said, um, oh, by the way, I'm a Californian. You know that, right? So I was, I drove down last night and I went to stay at the church house and I see white snow on the driveway. 
my white snow. All right, I snowboard, powder. I get out of my car, I step on it, and my foot just goes like, I slid out of my car. I have a forerunner, so it's a little high, and I slid out like I almost, I almost cracked my head basically. It was like, it was like ice, white ice. I thought you guys said black ice. It's white ice. Anyway, so that happened. Hilarious. Um, I gotta watch out for that stuff, you know, when you're out here. So anyway, let's get into it. So last time I was here, I was teaching out of John chapter 13. If you have a Bible, you could crack it open to John chapter 13. Um, I was teaching chapter uh, 13 verses 1 to, I think I got us to verse 16 or 7 to verse 17, where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. Um, they're nasty, nasty feet. Um, when you, if you just want to know what their feet look like, think about when you go to Israel, if you've been with us or with this church, you go there and you see the shepherd's feet wearing sandals out in the dirt, in the dung. Uh, and Jesus went from town to town, village to village, hundreds of miles, nowhere to sleep, just sleeping wherever, walking with sandals. You can only imagine how their feet looked back in those days. Disgusting, Right. I went into it last sir, last time I was here about how nasty these feet could have really been. Now, Jesus gets down and he starts washing the disciples' feet. This is for a lower level servant back in those days to, to wash their feet. Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the creator of all things, gets down and washes all their feet. And basically, when he gets them washing their feet, he gets up from the table and it says this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these. Four verses leading us into my message today. John chapter 13, verses 12. It says, Jesus, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked them, do you understand what I'm doing? You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right, because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher, I have washed your feet. You ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you this example to follow. Do as I have done. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends their message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. We know in Romans it says God shows no favorites, favorites, right? So it doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, what a big deal you might think you are, or what you've done in life with your career, or whatever it is. Or how many followers for you youngsters on Instagram, you know, Insta-famous. You know, being famous on Instagram is like being rich with Monopoly money. You know, it's just, who are these people? Anyway, it's 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 just, you know, you use that as a, a way to give the word out to people, but it doesn't make you, it makes you Insta-famous. Um, who needs to be famous is Christ. That's, that's, that's all, that's what matters. But God knows, shows no favoritism and he loves us all the same and his grace is the same for all of us. So today's message, um, we're going to continue in John chapter 13 verses 18 to 20. And my message is called the all knowing God. So we're going to look at three verses today and how they relate to the disciples and how they relate to us. Uh, this is the end of Jesus' three-year public ministry, and all he sees is the cross, the cross, the cross. So he's here at the Last Supper. It's the dinner table. He just washed the disciples' feet, and now he's teaching the disciples and getting them ready for their ministry and their great commission after he dies and he raises from the dead. That he's going to send them. And Jesus sends all of us. And because we're all on great commission at all times as well. So picking up at John chapter 13, verses 18 to 20, it says this. It's in red text. What does that mean? It's Jesus's words. It says, I'm not saying these things to all of you, he said. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I'm teaching out of the New Living Translation, by the way. So Jesus is telling the disciples that this prophecy of the Old Testament scripture is about to come to pass and be fulfilled. Where is it from in the Old Testament? In Psalms 41.9, it says, Even my own familiar friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, had turned against me. He's talking about Judas. 
the traitor that would sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver and hand him over to the religious leaders to be crucified. Jesus, once again, is proving he is the Messiah by giving this prophetic word at the dinner table of something that had been prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus came to planet Earth. And that has not yet come to pass, but now is about to happen in the next few minutes at this dinner table in real time. And this event will make the disciples' faith grow stronger and confirm he is the Messiah, like he said back in John chapter 13, verse 19, which we just read. Jesus said, I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. So why is it important for uh, the disciples' faith to grow stronger, and why are, is their faith going to grow stronger? Because we know at this dinner table, Satan is about to enter Jesus, Judas. And Judas is going to go and put a hit out on Jesus and sell him out and turn Jesus over to the religious leaders, like I just said. Now, this event can cause a major division. As we know, like Satan, he's a disruptor. He's a destroyer, the dragon, the father of lies. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to destroy the work of God. He wants to destroy ministry. He wants to destroy leadership. He wants to take out pastors. So what Satan would love to do at this moment is use this division to come in and destroy what Jesus is doing here with his disciples. But Jesus is telling them ahead of time, so when it happens, he says, I'm going to tell you this ahead of time that what's about to happen right now in the next few minutes. So when it happens, your faith will grow stronger because I told you ahead of time. And also remember that all signs and wonders always point back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Anointed One, and that the Word of God is true. So he's saying, I'm going to give you a sign. What was prophesied hundreds of years ago in Psalms is about to happen. So the sign is when that happens, then when that comes to pass, that's going to prove that I am the son of God, that I know everything, and that the word of God that prophesied it is true. So all signs and wonders always point back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and that the word of God that we read from Genesis to Revelation is real and true. And this also proves that Jesus is eternal and he operates outside of time and space and he's all-knowing. You've probably heard this many times with different pastors talking on the radio or even here. You've heard that God is omniscient, okay? When you look up the word omniscient in the dictionary, it means all-knowing. So God is all-knowing. It's the three-in-one, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all are one. In Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When you look at that original word, it says God, but it, in the original language, it's God's. Or in the original language of the translation is Elohim. God's, that's the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. God is in the past, he's in the present, and he's in the future. But why is God being all-knowing important to us, and how can this encourage us today? He knows our past, he knows exactly where you've been, good or bad, in your past. He knows where you're at in this moment, what's going on in your heart, in your mind, and in your life right now at this moment. And he knows the future plans that he has for you. He knows everything that is going on in our body, our mind, and our spirit. And that's good to know because there's a lot of things that can happen between those three areas in our life. So when we're praying for God's help, his direction, and his will to be done in our life, like providing for the family. Like I was just talking to a a girl here about you know, her husband trying to provide for the family. When we're praying for provision, that means food, clothes, shelter, you know, gas, and, you know, everything that you need on a day-to-day life to, to survive. When you're praying for these things, or your family, or jobs, God, do I stay at this job? Do you have another job for me? Are you going to help me, like, move up the ladder in this job? Is there a problem at this job? You know, do you want me to leave and you have something totally different for my career? Or you're praying for a husband, or you're praying for your wife, and Lord knows us husbands need some prayer, right? Ladies. <laughs> we need some prayer, but our wives are saints, okay? But we need to pray that they just continue to be saints, okay? So you guys get it. Okay, okay, now you're waking up, all right. 
I like to teach the word, but I like to, you know, make some funny jokes here and there, okay? Let's have a good time while we're going through this stuff. Um, or when you're praying for a husband or a wife, like to get a husband or a wife for God to bring him, our kids, and I was a prodigal son, trust me, a lot of prayer, family, our future, our goals in life, our plans, our problems, or our future problems. Mental health, which is a huge issue these days, or dealing with death, or even suicide. But the most important thing is praying for a relationship with God and being sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life daily. Every second, be able to pick up the signals and hear God's voice. He will show you what path to take as you read and pray and uh, and obey daily. Luke says, Jesus said in Luke, if you want to be my follower, you got to turn from your selfish ways, pick up your cross daily. So who cares if we just read and pray on Sunday here and then go back and live your normal life and then you wait till next Sunday. That's like Catholicism, right? You go live like hell a week and then you pray to the priest. But what we need to do is, and Jesus Christ is our great high priest, by the way. No man on earth is our priest. We, Jesus is the only way, the way, the truth, and life to the Father God in heaven. He's, the, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So everything goes to him and he negotiates with the Father God and he does whatever, whatever he, uh, whatever we ask, it'll get done if it's according to God's will in our life. So we need to read the Bible. We need to pray and we need to obey daily, 24 hours a day. Why? Because God is all knowing and he loves us and he wants to help you. He will lead you by his Holy Spirit if you let him. If. You let him. The word for the Holy Spirit is the paracletus. It's the, it means to come alongside. It's literally called the helper. The Holy Spirit, the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. When we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit, and he's in us. And he wants to help us. He wants to come alongside us. And he gives us stop signs to stop if we're going in a direction that we should not be going in an area in our life, he gives us those stop signs. And I probably said this before, a lot, a lot of us love to run stop signs. You just put the pedal to the metal, just run those stop signs. Or when you're a kid, you know, you play red light, green light, and you have yellow light. I thought about this this morning when I, when I was putting this study together is that the Holy Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit is in us. He's literally playing red light, green light, and yellow light with us in our life. He's like, okay, I want you to walk through that door. Green light. All right. Um, you're in an area and you're like, something just seems kind of off. I don't know if I should be here. Yellow light. Caution. Caution. Green light. You know, caution. It's not, you shouldn't be here. Green. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Or red light. So the person of the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit is in us and he wants to help us. He, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity are one. They're all knowing, and they will give us those signals. And he will lead us daily if we let him. If we let him. Speaking of the Holy Spirit coming alongside and helping us, I've been married for nine years, uh, like last week, I believe. Uh, by God's grace, it's, a, it's amazing. My beautiful wife, Crystal, and my triplet daughters, they're seven, and I have a son that's three years old, Asher the Thrasher. So I have Evelyn, Lillian, and Sadie Lynn, and then Asher, um, by God's grace. But I want to give you guys a quick story of the Holy Spirit playing red light, green light, and 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 uh, yellow light with us, with me, teaching me how to find my wife. Here's a quick story of me praying for God's will and his help and direction in my life for my future wife. I remember I gave my life to Christ and I was like, okay, I'm a Christian now. And I'm like, now I want to settle down and get married. And God's like, relax. You got so many issues. Like you were like on drugs and porn and all these things. Like what you want, like now that you just found me, like you're going to take all your garbage, all your problems into a relationship with someone else. He's like, mucho take it easy. You know, like we got to clean you up. We got to allow the Holy Spirit to come alongside you and purge and renew you and turn you into a new creation. And through that process, I remember praying and waiting for God to bring my girl. And it was hard. It was hard because when you're not 
sexually active and you're not watching pornography and these, these lifestyle that you're used to, it, that's the cross. That's the deny self. Pick up your cross and follow me daily. That's reading, praying, and obeying. But it's brutal because the flesh does not like uh, the spirit life. The flesh likes the physical life, how it can feed itself. But as I was praying and waiting for God to bring my girl, I was at church and I seen this girl and she looked good on the books. She looked good on paper, like externally, everything. I was like, that's got to be the girl. She's amazing. She's she's gorgeous. Totally my type, everything. So as I started going to church with her, I, I, I was just sitting next to her, not really paying attention to the message. I was just like, this girl's amazing looking. Um, and But what happened is I saw the Holy Spirit doing something in her life. But I just kind of felt this like... Like, my flesh was like, let's do this. But my prayer was like, God, if this is not of you, take her. But don't take her. I'll give her to you, but don't take her. You know what I mean? Please, no, no, God. Don't take her. She just has to, has to be right. It feels so right. But I kept getting these yellow lights. Caution, caution, caution. Not, no red lights, just caution, caution. So the helper, the Holy Spirit, was coming alongside me. And a very long story short... I, I, then one day I was like, something just does not feel right. So, and is that the person of the Holy Spirit is inside of you, right? He's in, he's interweaved with your spirit. So like he starts speaking to you and you're, he starts speaking to your spirit. That's how it works. It's intertwined with your spirit. When you receive him, he's inside of you. So when he's uncomfortable and he's like uneasy, you're uncomfortable and uneasy. You know what I mean? So basically I, pr- I remember praying at my house. I was going to a concert with her that night and I got on my face literally on my floor in my house and I prayed I said God if this is not of you get her out of my life like literally just rip her out of my life just get her out I can't take it I'm done I went to that concert anyway long story short we got to the concert with my friend her and her friend disappeared they came back they started smelling like weed just weed just reeking like weed then I'm like me and my friend looked at each other like what the heck happened to this girl this girl's she's been going to church for months, we've been watching her. Then they left, and all of a sudden, they smelled like booze. And they, they basically got high and drunk. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayer. So then we left. And then I remember her just when we were leaving. She's like, you don't want me? And I'm like, I would have wanted you like 14 years, or, you know, like years ago when I wasn't a Christian, getting drunk and, you know, high and like just want to party and do whatever that night. But I said, no, I'm waiting on God. I'm not down with that. And God took her out of my life, answered my prayer because the Holy Spirit um, does what the Father says. So I prayed to Jesus. Jesus said the Father, commissioned the Father, hey, Ryan said this prayer, and then they tell the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit basically warns me of what's going on. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, they ripped her out of my life. But then I waited for another five years for God to bring me the girl of my dreams, praying. I'm like, man, I have to start this all over again, waiting Waiting again for another girl? Like, you know what I'm saying? If any of you guys have dated, that is the lamest thing ever. You're like, I'm there. I'm at the final, like I'm marrying, it's on, I'm a Christian now. And then all of a sudden, ripped out of your life. You're like, God, I thought like I was in tune with you. I met her at church. Holy Spirit was working in her life. And then God ripped her out. So now here I am back to ground zero. Like, dude, my life stinks. Ugh. Lonely again, no girl. Ugh. It's lame. It's 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 kind of painful, you know what I mean? When you really think about that time when you're like loneliness is is a thing, you know? You could be depressed, you could have anxiety, many, many other things. Or is it ever gonna happen again? I'm already in my late thirties, you know what I mean? Like, guess I'm gonna get married when I'm sixty or something. I don't know, you know? It's uh it's brutal. But I waited and then God very fast, very short story is God brought the girl of my dreams, Crystal. And I ended up marrying her, and it was of God. So God, so never forget, God is all knowing. And by the way, Crystal smokes that girl, that other girl. That girl had nothing on my wife, nothing on my. She was about five percent of my wife. Okay, so God's like, oh Ryan, you think that? Do you think that's the one? Uh, good thing I'm omniscient. Good thing I'm all knowing, and you just got your little pea brain. You know, you think it's your pea brain over here. I got you. And he hooked me up as he's going to hook you up. So never forget, God is all-knowing, and he always has your back. He always has your back.
He loves you and he wants to help you. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit, the Paracletus, to come alongside. He's in you. He's with you. The Holy Spirit power will come upon you and he will give you those lights to direct you by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's called the Spirit-led life. So I wrote a note, or note, should I say, for you that are single and ready to mingle in here. I I wrote my first rhyme ever. And it says, get the wrong wife, ruin your life. Get the wrong man, ruin God's plan. But they can work together either way you do it. But here's a few encouraging verses for you. Second Chronicles 16.9, which is my life verse. For the eyes of the Lord search through the earth to strengthen whose hearts that are fully committed to him. So the eyes of God are looking through the whole entire earth to strengthen whoever's hearts that are fully committed to him. Now, how are you fully committed to him? Read, pray, and obey. When you read, you're reading God's words to you. It's his word. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again for the radio listeners. You may be saying here, you may be sitting here saying, I've never heard God's voice. Read the Bible out loud. And now you heard his voice. So now he's speaking to you. And then when you pray, you're talking to him. Get the relationship, the connection. And then obedience. When you're obedient, you're paying attention to the light signals. Green, yellow, red. What to do and how to navigate. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the helper that's inside of you, he's going to nudge you and lead you and guide you. It's called the Spirit-led life. Isaiah 41.10 says... Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. Philippians 1.6 says, be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until Christ Jesus. So whatever was started, he's going to finish. You know, when you go to Mexico, I travel to Mexico a lot, and you see these big like business houses, they start and then they just stop. There's like, there's like bars and, you know, like concrete, only a couple floors. They like, they just like lo- forget the money and then just leave all these constructions that they never finished. And it's funny. It's like the scripture is basically saying, God's not going to do that. He's not going to start doing something in your life and be like, okay, I'm done. I got another project to work on. It's like these, some of these landscapers in one of my old house. They start something and then they leave for like six months. And then they come back, you know, because they've got these other jobs. And they have all these like half done jobs, you know. That's not Jesus. God is going to finish what he started. But the crucial is we got to read, pray, and obey. Because if you're disobedient and you're breaking the law and you're running stop signs and running red lights, you're going to get yourself into trouble. What happens when you run a stop sign or a red light? You can get badly hurt or get killed. So in the same way, we can badly hurt ourselves physically and spiritually when we don't read, pray, and obey. Continuing in John chapter 13, verse 20, we're going to look at the last verse. Back to the dinner table. The Last Supper with Jesus and the disciples. In red text, which is Jesus' words, it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who is welcoming me is welcoming the Father who sent me. So Jesus is now telling the disciples, whoever welcomes them as ambassadors and witness for the gospel message is welcoming him and God the Father in heaven. Like the disciples, we have all been commissioned by Jesus to be his messengers and bear witness to the truth. Jesus gave the disciples and us believers the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. It says, in Matthew it says, Jesus said, his last words to him was, Go and preach the gospel, which is the good news of the cross. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey my commandments. That's the obedience part, right? Then in Mark 16, he says, go out and preach the gospel, the good news. And he goes, signs and wonders will follow. He goes, I'm going to give you guys basically special abilities, um, these tools, these gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you can operate like the X-Men, if you will, for young kids. Have supernatural abilities that only come from God and flow from God and through you to lead people to the Lord. 
And then he, then at the end of Mark, it says, so the disciples listened to him and they went out and preached everywhere and God worked through them, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through them, confirming what was said through signs and wonders. And remember, all signs and wonders point back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and the Word of God is true. Signs and wonders of the Word of God always point to Jesus. Always, always, always. So Jesus gave the disciples and us believers the Great Commission. So now let's talk about being a witness for Jesus and the gospel message itself. Well, Acts 1-8, Jesus said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Underline that. You will. He's like, you're going to get the power when the Holy Spirit power comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. So you will be his witness when you receive the power. So you have to have the power. And he says, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, they were in Jerusalem, so we're here in Twin. So you will be his witnesses from Twin to Cali. Oh, and that's that, that way, right? We got to go that way. From from Twin to New York to London, all the way to the outermost parts of the earth to Jerusalem. But how do we receive the Holy Spirit so we can have the power to be His witness that He speaks of? John three sixteen to twenty one. Jesus says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Who's His Son?" Jesus, that whosoever from bums the presidents that believe in him by faith will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. He came to save, not to judge, not to condemn, but to save. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God, one and only son. And the judgment is based on the fact that God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light. Their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it. If uh, for fear of their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they are doing, what God wants. Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. So all we have to do is repent of our sins and believe by faith and receive the Holy Spirit. So repent is, I always like to simplify things. I got like a child mind. So repent means flip a U-turn. So whatever direction you're going, if you're in a car driving, just flip a U-turn. So go away from that dark life of sin and go to God. Leave the darkness and go to the light and believe by faith that he died on the cross and raised from the dead and he lives. He will give you the Holy Spirit. And as you read, pray, and obey, you'll see the power come forth and God will use you. Like these disciples, he'll use ordinary men and women to do extraordinary things. And that's how you will receive the power of the Holy Ghost to be his witness. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one could come to the Father of God, but except through me. John 17, verses 13 to 14, Jesus says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gates are wide, for many choose that way. Underline that, choose that way. Uh, where God gave us free will, it's in the garden, Adam and Eve, uh, he didn't make robots. He didn't say they had to serve them. They had the Holy Spirit in them. They were communing with God. But because he didn't make robots, we all have free will. We have a choice to live for God and commune with them or not. So when we ask for forgiveness, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And we have communication back with God. The signal's open again. But in the garden, Lucifer showed up as a snake and deceived Eve and Adam, basically. They, they jumped in it together and, and they entered... They ate the fruit that was forbidden. All the other trees they could have eaten except for that one. And they ate because Satan said, God doesn't want you to be like him. You'll know, you'll know everything like God. You'll, you'll become like God. You'll know everything. And he entices them with a shiny object and they ate it because they chose to do it and then sin entered the world. So the highway to hell is broad and its gates are wide for many choose that way. So you get to choose your your direction, where you want to go for eternity. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is very difficult and only few ever find it. Why do few ever find it? Because people are more caught up in their Instagram. People are more caught up in the shiny objects. People are more caught up 
and what's happening in this world, but they don't care about the afterlife. And you know what's really crazy? Because I, I, I mean, I walked away from God like crazy. A lot of you guys know I've been working in the music and skateboard industry, mainstream my whole life, right? Still do work with a lot of different bands, some of the biggest bands on the planet, and tour and do music festivals and all that stuff. But what's so interesting, when I was growing up, we were, we were living a lot different times. Now, you know, we, I talked about it last time. A lot of these artists, you know, most of these artists that you guys are seeing on the Grammys and stuff, they're all like, they, they, they done, they sold their souls to the devil. Like, it's not like a, this is not a, like, oh, they're devil worshippers. Like, like Katy Perry sold her soul. She talks about it. Nicki Minaj has a demon in her. Um, she talks about it as well. Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're, 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 do as thou will. Aleister Crowley, if you know anything about Aleister Crowley, witchcraft, he's, that's on Jay-Z's clothing, brand Aleister Crowley. It's not even like Satanism, it's like Aleister Crowley. It's like the darkest of the dark, right? Makes, Aleister Crowley's like the darkest, closest guy to the devil, basically, on planet Earth. You know, he was doing all that Egyptian magic and stuff. But, um, when you, See this stuff. They're, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly cutting himself, him and Megan Fox drinking each other's blood. It's all, they're talking about this in news stuff. It's not, nothing hidden. Like, right now my point is, this is not the time to be messing around and not walking with God. The scripture says that it's gonna be like this in the last days and Jesus is coming for his church. And he says, there's gonna be rumors of wars and all the stuff's gonna be happening, earthquakes and famines and pestilence, which is COVID. And the next, what's gonna be the next COVID thing they're gonna release on the thing? Jesus said this stuff. So if we're thinking we're too cool for school and we got it all together and we're gonna give our life to Jesus one day, let me tell you something. If the rapture comes and you get stuck here on planet earth, when you read revelations, demons are gonna be let out. You're going to have to survive and be tortured. It says people are going to get, they're going to try to take their lives. They're going to try to commit suicide and they're not going to be able to because the hell that's going to happen here on planet earth. Now is not the time to be messing around. When you read the Bible and you study, you actually see, you're like, oh my gosh, everything we've been studying for years and years and years and what they've been looking for is now all coming down. Talking about the antichrist and all that stuff. It is going down. America is about to become part of the UN. It's good. They're, they're, they're signing an order. Biden signed an order over that if anything happens, like a global pandemic, that UN will be able to uh, to um, call the shots for America and everyone. We won't be our own country in that. Think about that. A one world order. The Bible talks about this stuff. It is ticking. It is going down. So back to this verse. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. Its gates are wide and many choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is very difficult and only few ever find it. Because people don't want to surrender their life. They think they got it. And I feel sorry for those people that think they got it and they get stuck here. Or they take their last breath with not having enough time to repent of their sins. Because eternity, hell and heaven are forever and ever. Matthew 10 verses 32 to 33 Jesus says anyone who acknowledges me publicly anyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth I will also acknowledge them before the Father in heaven. But anyone who denies me here on earth I will also deny them before the Father in heaven. When people reject the message we share about Jesus Christ they're actually rejecting God. Did you know that? You're not rejecting whatever I'm saying right now. If someone's like, I don't like this guy, whatever, you know, whatever. You're not rejecting me. <laughs> You're rejecting God. You know, and, and the whole thing is like, Jesus is saying, if you acknowledge me here on earth, if, if I'm your Lord on earth, then when you get to heaven, I'm going to let you into heaven. But if you deny me here on earth, he's not, he's going to deny you in heaven. And remember, posers are wannabes. They act like they're something, but they're not. So if you think you're a Christian because your mom or your dad, or you think you're a Christian just because you go to church, but you have no relationship with God, you, you don't, you read and, you read and pray only on Sunday and not read and pray and obey all during the week, that's not a relationship with God. That's dangerous ground you're walking on if you think you're saved, but you're really not. It's a relationship. Imagine me being married to my wife and only talking to her on Sunday, uh, for 30 minutes. At, you know, like we come to church and I'll talk to her the rest of the year. Is there, would my wife be like, oh yeah, we have a great marriage, we have a good relationship. No. That would be a, it's a joke. 
So now let's see what the Bible says about how people will receive this gospel message when we share it. How I'm sharing it right now. How will people receive this? 2 Corinthians 2 verses 14 to 17 says, But thank God he had made us his captives and continues to lead us along Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom, but to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Or should I say the all-knowing God is watching us. He's not, we're not these guys on TV that are begging for money, right? Buy our holy water right now. Give a thousand dollars or God's telling me right now there's people and they're going to give. There's a hundred people and they're all going to give a thousand dollars to my friends. <laughs> Hucksters. Those bozos. Not, that's not, that's, that's what we're talking about. We preach it with like, it's a matter of life or death. This is the word of God. We're not, we're not messing around. That's my timer. That means I got 10 minutes to wrap up. Here we go. My wife always tells me, turn that down. I don't know how to turn it down. I tried. <laughs> I thought it was down. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, we're not the hucksters. We preach the word of God with sincerity. It's a, it's a message of truth. If I loved you, then I would tell you the truth. If I don't love you, then I, then I could just give you this prosperity gospel. You're going to be fine. Live the way you want. God loves you. A motivational message. This is actually motivational because you can live a life that God created you for and God will help you and he will show you a path to take. Like I would rather be serve a God that's going to be in me, with me and flow through me and show me what to do and how to do and all that versus a God that just, you're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. God loves you. Right? I'd rather be like empowered by the, the person of the Holy Spirit and live in the life that God created me to. It's too, it's, it's a big difference, right? So going on, it says, so this, so these, um, so this is basically what we're looking at here with 2 Corinthians 2 verses 14 to 17. It says, so to those who are slaves to sin, and living in darkness, consuming evil with their eyes and ears, and living after their body appetites, filling their mind, body, and soul with filth deception from the culture and Satan's agenda in the mainstream. Those people can't stand to be around us. They're like a vampire when they're exposed to light. But to those who are being saved, the Bible says we are a life-giving perfume for those who are looking to discover a relationship with Jesus, the one true God, and want to be set free and fi- be filled with that empty void in their life and their heart. That they're trying to fill with relationships, wealth, sex, alcohol, and drugs. And other forms of spirituality like New Age, the occult, or even dead religion with no power. John eighteen twenty, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. He's the light. He's going to show you. It says the word of God is a lamp to our feet. He's the light and you follow him and he's going to show you how to get to eternal life. He's going to be the light that's going to show you how to get to life. He is that light that gives you the green light, the red light, and the yellow light to show you where to go and how to get there, when to stop and take caution, and, and when to leave a location and go to another location. He is the light that leads to life. So I have a question for you. How do I smell? Like a dreadful smell of death and doom? Or like a life-giving perfume? And I'll end it with the last verse in John chapter 13, verse 20, of the three verses we looked at today. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who is welcoming me is welcoming the Father who sent me. So the question is, What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? You have free will. We are in the garden today. You either take from the tree of life or you take 
from the tree that will destroy you, the shiny object that Satan set up in the garden. You either go after God, who created you and knit you together in your mother's womb. He has a plan for you. All those desires and those things you like, guess what? God put those in you. Not the negative stuff, the stuff that's like, you know, messing your mind up, bringing anxiety, depression, you know, uh, suicidal thoughts, addiction, porn, drugs and alcohol, uh, sleeping with a girl, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Not that stuff. God created sex. It's for a purpose. You know what I mean? It's, you're, he created it to be with your wife, you know, and, and, but, but what happens is Satan likes to pervert everything and destroy everything. And if you're going after the ways of the enemy, which is the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, trying to fulfill our body appetites, you're never going to fill it. You will never fill that empty void in your life. It'll only be a relationship with God. And, and when you give your life to God, he has so much for you. He will use you in those abilities that you, those, those abilities and those giftings and talents that he's given you. I'm a skateboarder. I've been producing music festivals. I, I like to talk, so he uses me on a radio show. Um, you know, I, I know how to throw parties, so he uses me to bring people together for Christ. Like, he uses these things. And because of my roots with the music industry, he has me going on tour and praying with different musicians and artists and touring. So everything that I like, I'm still doing. And then some. I thought I was going to give my life to Christ. My life was going to be boring, and I was going to be just a boring Christian. What's funny is that when you read of the what these guys did in the Gospels, these guys were radical. These, these, these disciples, this motley crew of guys, these ordinary men and women, they did extraordinary things. God used them to do great things, and God will continue to use your life for great things. But it all comes down to surrendering your life to God, repenting, reading, praying, and obeying. And when you obey, it means to wait on God. What is wait on God? I hate when people say, you got to wait on God. Wait on God. I'm like, dude, I've been waiting. I've been waiting five years for my wife that I got this other girl. She ain't the right one. Now i got to wait another five years. But seriously, waiting on God to align everything. God is the divine chess player. He's constantly moving pieces around. You know, uh, 10 years before I gave my life to God, I met my wife actually on a beach. Did you know that? You know when you're playing chess, you could be right next to the king. The queen, you could be, the queen and the king could be right next to each other. But in that play, you're not taking the king out at that moment. Because there's some other moves that have to happen. You know, you can be real close because God is the divine chess player. God brought me by my wife years ago and I met her. She doesn't remember meeting me, but I, I met her on the beach years ago and it didn't come to my mem- memory till after we got married that I actually met her on the beach in front of my brother's house years ago. Because why? God is the divine chess player. He's always moving and shaking things around. So you could be close to something that God wants to do in your life right now, but you don't have a relationship with him and you're not ready. She was not a Christian. I was not a Christian at that time. So God did not connect us because I would have ruined that relationship. But he introduced me to her and he's like, basically, now I look back, he's like, that's your wife, but you ain't ready. You got to go on a 20 year, uh, like the Israelites leaving Egypt. You know, I'm stuck in the desert, like, this stinks. And God's like, go to the land of milk and honey, stupid. I got you. But I'm going to let you be stubborn and go in, the, go in the desert for a while. And then when you're done, you come back to me. And then we're going to get this party popping, which I could have got this popping a long time ago. Right? That's what God wants to do in your life. He loves you. And I'll end it here. The end. I'll be back next month. We're going to continue going to the Gospel of John. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus is going to intro the Holy Spirit. So I'm excited to talk about that as well. But um, if there's anyone here that wants to give their life to Christ, just give me a thumbs up. I want to pray for you. If you want to give your life back to the Lord, I want to pray with you. And uh, if you just need prayer and you want me to pray over you, uh, give me a thumbs up. And I'm going to just pray over you guys uh, just right here in this church. Is there anyone here that needs prayer? Cool. All right. Awesome. I see you guys. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pray out loud. I'm going to have everyone ask for forgiveness of their sins. And then I'm going to pray for you guys. And God knows, so I'll just let him flow. Uh, say, Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. 
Now I'm going to pray over you guys. Father God in heaven, I pray that you will split the sky and open the reservoir of the living water. Pour it out on this church, God. Thank you for not being religious. Thank you for loving us to the death of the cross. I pray in Jesus' name for help. Holy Spirit is the helper. You've given us the helper. He's in us and he's with us. And his power will come upon us when we need it. But Lord, I pray that you help us. Give us those stop signs. Give us those red lights, green lights, yellow lights. Show us what to do, when to do it, and how to live our life. Let your word be a lamp to our feet. Show us what path to take. Use our life for your glory, Lord. And I also pray for people that are dealing with addictions of all kinds. Um, I pray in Jesus' name that you will break those addictions, those strongholds, and those footholds. Holy Spirit, encounter them, God, and just lift it off of them. Break the works of the enemy over them. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for ones that are here that are sick physically, Lord. Even if their spirit, they're just jacked up in their spirit, God, heal them, Lord. Heal their spirit, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for physical healing in people's bodies now. In Jesus' name, those ones who are suicidal, if there are any listening on the radio, God, have them pray to you. Have them open your word. They're broken inside, but the Bible and your word and your power can transform lives. That's what you do. You're the omniscient God. You're all-knowing. You know all things. You're in the past, the present, and the future. You know where we've been. You know where we're at. And you know the plans that you have for us. We know where you want to take us. And it's to glory with you. So God, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit now. Flowing through this room, touching our lives, illuminating our minds. Flowing through us now, God. Holy Spirit, come more. More of your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. Flow, Lord, to the people that are listening through the airwaves, God. Encounter our flood their cars, flood their houses, flood their places of work, wherever they're at, Lord. Get them, Lord. Get them and get them good with your power, God. Let them know that you're here and you love them and you got them right where you want them. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.